Nice. Yeah, we so the girl Amanda, she's the owner of this facility. Nice. Um, normally we record, but last week I was in Fort Lauderdale for school. Okay. So she had to do a solo one, and then this week she couldn't make it. She had some stuff going on, so I had to throw out the bat signal. <laughs> so I got you here today. Yeah, man. Um, Happy to respond, man. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you for doing this. This is a crunch, so it helped out. Yeah, man, for sure. For sure. Um, I guess real quick, just let everyone know who, who you are, what you do. So, uh, yeah, man. Th- thanks for having me, dude. Appreciate of course. It, uh, my name's Tom, and I own the Float Place in Patchogue and in Deer Park here on Long Island. And uh, recently, I mean, we'll get into it as the podcast goes along, but we've recently kind of started some other things too. I started the CBD oil company, which a lot of people have started recently. Um, yeah. I started mine about two, two, two and a half years ago now. Uh, it's going pretty well. And more recently than that, I started a neurofeedback company. So I'm working, oh. going to be start doing that. Um, actually just started seeing people last week. And so far, really good responses from it. Word. So, That's, okay, so like, so I, we met when you had the float tank back at your home when yeah. you were first. I mean, that was like five, five six years So ago? November 1st, right now, what is October? Middle of October right now? In, yeah. In another three weeks, November 1st will be the seven-year anniversary when I, when I opened it. November 1st, 2013. Yeah, and that was, was my first, first experience floating, right? which was awesome. And then how many years until then, or rather after that, from opening in your home, did you open your first location in Deer Park? So we went from, so let's think. So November 1st of 13 is when I opened up for my basement, and I was there until April of uh, 15, so about a year and a half, give, give or take. And... Uh, a lot of that time was actually kind of just spent negotiating, figuring out what we were going to do. So I opened up in November of 13, and another float center opened up at Deer Park in January of 14. So I was kind of like two months ahead of them. Um, after they opened, the name of that float tender was Infinite Flotations. Okay. So after they opened, I guess the the, the person that opened it kind of just, you know, it just wasn't their thing. They kind of thought it was their thing, and it turned out not being their thing. So... We kind of tried to figure something out where we can either merge or, or however it was going to work. So it kind of took a while to figure out all of that, um, but it worked out. Awesome. So, but it, it took a while. I mean, as you're, you're yourself probably know, being in the business world and dealing with people, like things take time. They just, sure. everything takes time. And it's so funny. I look back, I, I save all my notes and everything from when I first, first opened, like my first business plan, like I save everything. And I look back at them sometimes and like, it's hysterical. Like I'm so far off with everything, like all my right. estimations of what I thought things were going to cost and how long it was going to take and how long it was going to, you know, how, how much it was going to be to run the store. You know, it just, it's experience trumps everything. Right. You yeah. Know it's a mean? lot. Yeah. And I know we, we've, so, I mean, again, talk about the past years ago, I was doing my own podcast and I had you on there pretty early. I had you. Yeah. That was awesome, dude. And Hardy on the, uh, your, your partner, right? Yeah. yeah um, yeah both to talk about floating and and how do you kind of go into the details of the business and what the tank actually is and, and then i had hardy come on to talk about more of the effects if you will right, right. kind of that that mind state um, during and after so we don't have to go crazy into that um but how has everything been you know since since the lockdown have people well first of all did you guys have you guys had to shut down i'm guessing yeah, like everyone else right it's been uh it's been interesting yeah <laughs> just to like you know to put it put it mildly so we closed um march 21st was when we closed saturday march i think march 21st uh, sunday march 21st was the first day we were closed and it's funny because like a week or two before that 
other places. Some places were kind of starting, kind of starting to like close on their own. Some places were like choosing to close to get ahead of whatever. And um, and actually emailed all my staff. I was like, listen, I know that we're all doing the right thing here. Um, I'm not going to close down unless we're told that we have to close down. Mm-hmm. And then like three days later, it was like, yeah, you have to close down. It was like, all right, sorry guys, got <laughs> got to close up. Yeah. And it, which kind of stinks because a lot of people reached out to me and were like, you know, I feel your business is so needed and, and, and I want to get in there. Like, I can't believe you guys are closed. Like, I want to come in. It's so, it's safe. It's clean. Like what, you know, essentially not understanding why we had to close, but, um, right. Cause yeah. you're completely, I mean, there's only one person in the tank. You're not, <laughs> yeah. there's, you couldn't be more distance. You have your own room within a room. Yeah. It, yeah, it was just, weird that, I mean, I, I guess if every business had to close but uh, it was so it was so sketchy um yeah and but, i also understood too like it's a very you know it's a sensory deprivation business it's a, it's a very niche business like so i don't expect them to release a whole thing of like rule all right by the way if you want a sensory deprivation center all nine centers in new york state like this is right. what you should do you know so like i also I, I kind of understood it like how we got lumped in with them it just kind of stunk that we did yeah so now what, what were you lumped in were you lumped in as like a health and fitness? The, where, because it's so obscure for most people, how do they categorize? Yeah, and that, and that was a weird thing when we were going to reopen. So um, obviously New York did the stage thing where that was it was stage one, stage two, or, or phase one, phase one. That's what well, it was. Yeah, stage. I tried to keep up, but it, just, yeah, it, got it was exhausting. Too ridiculous. And then, so I opened up in phase two, which is when barbershops and nail salons opened up. Okay. Um, I figured they were the closest to us. Obviously, like I said, it's a very unique business, you know, so it's yeah. not like this exactly something that's like it, but I thought that was the closest thing, and uh, it worked out all right. So. Okay, nice. The middle of June, June 17th, I think we were open, so we, opened, we were closed like three months. Yeah, so did you have to really pivot much as far as your typical standard operations once you reopened? Rega- you know, obviously the mask, but other than that, did you really have to change um, not, much? Honestly, not that much. So we put up, uh, like most places did, they put up plexiglass between like the waiting room and the office that we okay. have. So when you walk in, there's a piece of plexiglass up, which most people don't even really see. Or, or you know, it's kind of standard for it to be in a right. lot of places anyway. I, in my mind, I th- I didn't even realize that it wasn't there beforehand. I'm, as I'm thinking of walking into the entrance, and at least in the Patchog location, right. I remembered there being plexiglass. I didn't need Yeah, it's just, that's it. There's that. That's yeah. up there. Um we have to limit, so after people float, they, they usually want to hang out in the post-float lounge and kind of relax before they get back into reality and everything else. Right, um, for sure. So we had to limit that time for an hour. It used to be unlimited, like you could hang out here as long as you want. Um, now we limit it to an hour so that the next group that's coming out of their float can have their hour. So it kind of, you know, otherwise it creates like a weird situation where it's like you have to be like, hey, would you guys mind leaving? Or, you know, like. Yeah. Do, do people usually extend that time that long? I'd say one and probably like. One in every like five or six people hangs yeah. out for like forty five minutes to an hour, and they okay. really either they're like sitting there just kind of relaxing, sucking it all in, or sometimes they're reading a book, sometimes they're writing or like journaling or um, drawing a picture. Yeah, but uh, well, not not to get too off topic, but yeah. with that, because I've noticed I usually hang out. It feels like an hour, but it's probably fifteen minutes, maybe. Right. Um, and I've it's been a while since I floated, but there was a time where I was doing it one multiple times a week. For, for a good stretch of time. Do you find that it's more people the first time they float are trying to grasp their mindset of afterwards or more people who have done it consistently for a while that understand the process of chilling out afterwards, thinking, writing, or just sitting in that 
in that mindset? Mm-hmm. What do you see more of? Honestly, it's more dependent on the person, I think, than anything else. Because the same person that will come in and hang out float one will probably hang out float five and float ten. Afterwards, sure. you know what I mean? Where if they're like, oh, man, that was really good. I can't wait to come back. And then they leave. Um, that's kind of like their, seemingly their kind of like mentality. More often than not, that person will kind of come around to, let me just hang out for a minute afterwards. Or sometimes we'll kind of like, you know, we'll make notes in the person's account like, oh, um, John likes to leave right after his float. So next time he's here, tell John to hang out at, you know, for a while afterwards or maybe like remind him or suggest to hang out afterwards so that, he, so that they can get more out of it, you know? Right, um, right. But sometimes it will. And have you had, back to the, the COVID thing, yeah. uh, have you had sort of a pushback from your typical clientele to come back to floating? Because we've seen that in the, the gym setting. Yeah. People are terrified to go to gyms you go there and there's you know these peak hours it's it's busy but compared to you know a year ago going to a gym from you think like 4 to 7 p.m 4 30 to 7 30 around that time it you know it's packed it was a zoo and now it's it's the busiest time still but nowhere near where it was um yeah so we closed this is interesting so we closed um, March 21st, April 16th, like the second, second week, yeah, April 16th it was, um, I had planned to open up both stores. It was going to be just me. I was going to be the only staff member there. I was going to go in. I was going to, I split up the location so that, you know, on each day, one respective store was open and the other one wasn't open. Okay. Like an but, every other day sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like Mondays I was in Deer Park, Tuesdays I was in Patchogue and you know, that whole thing to try to get some people in, um, and kind of see where it went. I was the only staff member there. I wasn't having any staff come in. I wasn't asking anyone to come in. Like, I don't want to put that on anyone where they would feel weird or put them in an awkward situation. So I opened up the online booking and I sent out an email to all of our clients. Only people on our mailing list. Hey, just letting you know we're opening up. If you want to come in and float, here's how we're able to open up. So if you looked at New York State guidelines, there was a, a line in there, an exemption that said, if you're a single staff member facility, you are exempt from these regulations and you can operate as normal. Oh, really? So now, that's what I said. Like my eyebrows shot up. I'm yeah. like, I'm, I'm one guy. I could do this. And especially if I, if it's just me working, I won't feel, you know, um, like I'm putting anyone in danger, staff-wise or anything like that. Not that I feel there is a lot of danger, but um, so I sent out the email. People started booking up. I had like eight or nine days out that were like pretty booked up. I had a lot of people coming in. And I showed up, uh, I think it was a Wednesday, um, to Deer Park in the morning to open up for my first day, April 16th. And there was a cop car waiting there in the parking lot. And I'm like, hey, what's up, man? Good morning. He's like, hey, what's up? Are you opening up? And I'm like, what? how'd you hear that? He's like, oh, well, we got a phone call from somebody that got an email from you saying that you were going to open up. And uh, we, you can't do that. And I'm like, but I thought it said here that New York State, there's an exemption. And he said, yeah, what that means is that you can go in there yourself and you can work, you can close, or you can clean, you can make phone calls, whatever, but you can't have other people come in. So... I couldn't be open for business. I was just allowed to go in there and like do maintenance or paperwork or whatever it is. So it's like, but he actually did, oh, sorry. sorry. He actually did say, um, he's like, you're not the first person to make the mistake. You're not getting fined or anything. He's like, but now we have it on record that you've gotten a warning. So you really can't open now because now next time you will get a fine. So I said, all right, thanks a lot, man. I'm, and, you know, to defend the cop a little bit, like he, he wasn't trying to be a jerk. I, I think he even said like, nobody called us. We weren't, you know, we wouldn't have came here. If you drive by the flow place, you, you know, you wouldn't look in there and be like, oh, there must be a lot of action going on in there. You know? Right. It's just not that kind of place. 
Like I mean, you said, sensory deprivation center, like it's the most quiet thing you can do. For so, sure. Um, you know, kudos to him for being cool about it. But yeah, but he but, dick for the person to call. Uh, dude, why are you? And I was like, and I even looked at it. I'm like, dude, I'm like, is somebody from our mailing list? And he kind of like gave me a look like, oh, sorry, bro. Like, yeah, you know, like, like well, what am I going to do? Like he, so I made all the phone calls, canceled all the appointments. And pretty much every customer I called reacted to how you just did, where it's like, oh, you have to be freaking kidding me. Like, yeah. so. Uh, it's like, who? I, I just can't put myself in the mindset of that person of, if if you don't want to go or you don't think it's right, then then don't go. Then just why don't, do you have yeah. to inconvenience someone else? Yeah, which is how honestly my uh, my manager Tim from Patchogue, shout out to Tim, um, put it best when we were talking about everything. And he's like, live and let live. He's like, if you want to go and do this and you feel safe doing it, you know, wear a mask and do whatever the laws say you have to and do you know. But let people do their thing. If they don't, you know, if you don't want it, if you're not comfortable doing it, don't stop other people from you know. Yeah so that's crazy but um so we opened up in for real for reals in june and i kind of expected what was going to happen to happen i said that right it's i expected like for the first couple of weeks we're going to be pretty busy because there were a lot of people who you know wanted to float and they were just like willing to take whatever risk quote-unquote risk there was to, to get in and float right so for the first like three weeks a month or so we were pretty pretty busy and then it fell off it's like the middle of june and Ju- the middle of july into August at that point, which is like, we had an amazing summer here on Long Island. Like it was beautiful every weekend. Like every day was nice. So that doesn't exactly help me being an indoor place. You know what I mean? So right. I expected it to be a little bit quieter in that month, which it was. It wasn't dead dead, but it was a little quieter. September picked up, picked back up a little bit, and now October is doing better than September was. So it's on its way back for sure. Awesome, man. Um, That's good to hear that you guys have been able to kind of make it through yeah it's at least yeah. what it seems like we're kind of on the other side of whatever this whole thing has god, been for now god i, I hope so man it's uh who knows i've been very fortunate that um you know we're, we're member based for the most part we have a strong membership base very loyal members and you know they know that we do the right thing right um, and most of them god bless them they stuck around god bless the people who didn't stick around too i understand you know things is a very difficult time for everybody but yeah like, we lost like you know we lost a good amount of members like 30, maybe 40% of our members, which, you know, I wasn't really too surprised about, but we didn't bill anybody while we were closed. We didn't keep charging people while people couldn't come in. Um, we didn't start charging people again until like two weeks after we reopened in June. So like we waited a while just to make sure everybody, you know, had an opportunity to cancel the membership if they wanted to. But most of the people stuck around. I mean, we lost a lot. Like I said, most of the people stuck around and, and, now we're on our way back up. We're starting to have more people come in and join the membership than we are losing them. Yeah. So, uh, that's positive uptick. Yeah, I've heard that number from quite a few business owners for and from different types of businesses as well, like around that sort of two-thirds capacity is what their their revenue is at right now. Right. And, which, yeah. again, like you're, you adjust, you make it through that. Um, that's exactly what it's been, man, just constant adjustments. Like one of the biggest adjustments I made, I started doing laundry myself. We used to have a service. I came and picked it up. Dude, two days a week, I get to the laundromat at 4.30 in the morning, and I'm there for like two hours doing laundry like an animal. I put in like eight loads from like the big giant machine, so it's like a ton of towels, man. Right. It saves the company so much money. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a big adjustment. I mean, it may not sound like it is, but it is Yeah, you know, all those little pain. things add up. You don't, you don't realize it, especially yeah. when you have the luxury to outsource those things to free up your time to do other things, to be more productive. But yeah. then when you have to scale back and do that, it's eye-opening how much money goes into those little things that you have 
it's it's a lot. It's crazy. Yeah, that was one thing I, I definitely did while I had all that time off <laughs> is I looked at all the expenses and I'm like, well, all right, so where's this money going? How is this? Is it worth it? Like, where's the return from it? Are we measuring the return from it? Are we seeing what works, what doesn't work? Are we just shooting from the hip? Like, what are we doing? So going forward, um, really cut a lot of expenses out that I didn't think really made sense and kind of cut it down to bare bones as far as like, you know, expenses that weren't, you know, I guess you could say weren't needed, but I mean, it's hard to really know when expenses need or needed or not, as weird as that sounds. Um, but like, as far as the float goes, like everything, nothing changes during the float process and everything like that goes. It's just a lot of back end stuff changed. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that does, like you said, it gives you an opportunity. It's kind of a, a, I think a tired cliche by this point of that for some people in some instances, this has been maybe more of an opportunity than a disaster. Mm. But in that sense of being able to reassess how you're structuring your finances and give you an opportunity to be maybe a little more conservative physically, uh, physically, you know what I'm trying to say. Um, In that sense, it is an opportunity. Yes. You know, I'm fortunate. I don't have an an overhead. My overhead's gas. Right. If my car, that's not going to change. Or, you know, wipes to clean the table, but that's not changing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when you have a facility, when you have services, employer, employer that, uh, employees, rather, that's huge. Yeah. That's a huge one. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm 38 years old now. And honestly, man, the worst day of my entire life to this day is when I had to lay off of my employees. Yeah. And they knew, thank God, they, they knew it wasn't me. Like, I don't, I, I'm, I have to close. And in all honesty, it helped them to, to lay them off so that they can get whatever unemployment benefits they were entitled to. You know what I mean? Yeah. But still, it's like, oh, I built this damn business. Like, I don't want, I, I, we got here together and like now I got to, which sucks, you know? But right. Fortunately, uh, I've been able to get most of them back and employ most of them back again. Um, and the ones that I haven't gotten back yet, I hope to in the future. Like, I loved all my staff members, so I want them all back, you know? Yeah. But, um, trying to work to that point where it, it merits it. You know, it's, I can't bring people back unless it makes sense to, you know? For sure. That so, makes sense. But, uh, yeah, staff is, staffing is expensive. You know, it's really, I never really understood how much it it, it really is. You know what I mean? Especially when you, have, you get a full staff and you have full timers on and everything like that. Like, man, it's, it's a lot of money. But yeah. it's, if you want good people in and good people to, to represent your brand and, and what you do, like, get what you pay for. Absolutely. You know? And now have you, so like one of the things I was stoked about is when you first dropped your, your CBD line, mm. because the, the, the sort of contiguity between floating and the CBD, it just made so much sense. And then on top of that, like I've had, uh, quite a few companies, um, send me stuff to try out some, some good. I haven't really had anything bad, but varying degrees of effectiveness, mm. um, and as far as like the the liquids go, well, first is that what you're so you're still making the liquids, right? Yeah, the tinctures. Yep. The the tinctures. Yours were the best I've had. Oh, that's as far nice. as taking the true dose of just the ten to twenty milligrams, let me see how this affects me. Not having to take 40, 60, 80, 100 milligrams to get a, a something I actually feel. Right. Right. Yours was spot on. It was the first tincture I've had that was like that. So now it's I mean it's great to be in a pinch. I don't have to even order it online. I could drive and have it in a, an hour. Just yeah. go to the go to the full place and buy it, either Deer Park or Patchog. Um, yeah, for sure, man. How did one? So I don't think we talked about it when I 
when we first did our, our original podcast back years ago. I don't think I don't, it was going. You had it yet? I don't think so. What, what was the impetus for you to just decide I'm going to start making CBD? Because um, I remember coming in one day and you were just like, "Here, try this." <laughs> and I don't even know if you had a label yet. I might not have. I might have maybe in the very beginning. Yeah, I'm not even sure. <laughs> yeah. So it, what, um, what set that off? So I started taking CBD oil and I loved it. I loved the benefits I was getting from it. The, the taste was good. Like I was, I was all in with it. Second bottle I got from the same company I got the first one for tasted way different. The effects were different. How I felt afterwards were different. The taste of it was different. Like I, it was almost like a different brand. I was like, this is the same. Like comparing the bottles, it looked exactly the same, you know? Um, finished, I took that bottle still and finished it. By that point, my girlfriend at the time had checked out. She was all in with the first bottle. And the second bottle, she's like, ooh, that's disgusting. That's nasty. I can't even. Third bottle I got, same brand again, um, was even different than the first two. Like it was slightly better tasting than the second one, but it didn't have the effects of the first one. So it was almost like it was almost like chasing the dragon of like CBD oil. You know what I mean? Like it just didn't make any sense. Um, so I started doing research into CBD oil and how it's done and how it's you know regulated or not regulated at all, in all honesty. And what I found is that companies that would were around selling CBD oil would set up accounts with like multiple different farms, multiple different different distributors. Um, and when they needed CBD oil, they would call around and whoever had the cheapest price, that's who they would get it from. Huh. So one time you're gonna get CBD oil from, you know, X CBD oil, it's gonna be from Kentucky, which is where my, my CBD oil is grown, and it's gonna be great. Your next oil might be from a farm that's in North Carolina or in Colorado or whatever it is. And not even to say there's anything wrong with those farms, but how can you have a consistent product that's the same thing every time when the farms are in different places in the country? It's not even, there's nothing about it that's the same. So I found one company that works with one farm. They own the farm. They own the trucks. They own the processing plant. They do everything. The only thing they don't do for me is make the labels. So I had them done and I sent them there. That's so, awesome. Yeah, it's top. I know exactly what it's getting every time. It's, it's a consistent product. And it tastes the same every single time I get it. Yeah. Again, like I've given it because my mom loves CBD and she was the same thing. I would constantly introduce her to different brands. Um, but yours was the one consistently she loved. We give it to our dogs. They love it. Yeah. Because um, I would buy different, like different, you know, the pet CBD. And then I started to realize, I'm looking at the ingredients. I didn't see much of a difference between the pet and the human other right. than the word pet on the front of it so yeah what's going on there's here there's one thing this... you gotta watch with the pet ones there's one ingredient um i think it, it's um it's one of the carrier oils that's in it grapeseed oil and some dogs are allergic to grapeseed oil interesting you find out the hard way because it... oh wow <laughs> yeah um i didn't know that not all dogs but some and not all cbd oil has a grapeseed oil in it actually yeah. it's typically unflavored um tinctures that have it in it because it has a slight a slight flavor to it you know the unflavored does have a little bit of a flavor to it right um it's almost like a mask because otherwise it's just a little bit too bitter yeah so. but that, and that's the thing like yours it's just the coconut oil yeah. so you know i give my, my dog i used to cook them just or not even cook just pair them raw meat with some coconut oil in it like, <laughs> they could have that so and they love it too that calms them down especially the, the, the puppy puppy she's two but you know bonkers <laughs> she's off the wall you give her a little of that at night it helps her just mellow out nice relax and calm down before we're going to sleep so um that stuff's been been great nice I man love it. And yeah, now, now uh, you're doing the well let's stay on that for a minute man. so you did that by yourself right was hardy involved with the cbd or no 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 no. okay no and so actually last time i saw him i saw both of you right before 
the pandemic was about to happen. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was before his exit. I was going to say, is he back in the country? No, Hardy's gone. Hardy's not coming back. Really? Yeah, he's done. He's done. Where, where's, <laughs> as far where, as I know. I, I mean, where is I, he? I, I, I say that from a from a friendship place. You know, I, I'm pretty, pretty sure he's gone. Yeah, he Do you know where he is? Or is he off, Costa Rica. Off, he is Costa Rica. Okay, because that's when I saw him. He was, And in my mind, again, this was pre-anything. It was mm-hmm. just the, in the air. And he was like kind of saying that everything was going to get shut down. And, and I'm like, fucking... Hardy, yeah, I know you. I'm not, yeah. not buying it. It was like March 12th, March 13th, I think, when I saw you. It was when I saw you in Patrick. Yeah, we saw you in Patrick. Yep. Yeah, and then sure enough, I was like, God damn, he was right. And then <laughs> he's gone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's um, oh. it was interesting because we were at him and I had gone to uh, breakfast that morning at, at Toast across the street from where okay. you and I saw, and um, we were talking to somebody there, and we all kind of like, yeah, it's coming. This is gonna be bad. Like, this is really gonna suck. Had no idea how of the level of suckness it would reach, but we all knew it was going to be a big issue, and that's when uh, that's when he told me he was bouncing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, that's been it's been, you know it's been interesting. Now is he still involved in the float place from a distance, or is he out out? All right, that's that's well. I mean, you got to adapt, right? <laughs> yeah, that's it, man. Just uh, just adapt, and that's it. Just adapt and move forward. You know. Awesome. Yeah. It, the uh, the obstacle is away. <laughs> that's right. Man. I love that book. Yeah, it's a great book, dude. So, but it's been um, it's been good though. I think it's 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 a healthy move for him personally. I think that he's gonna figure out what he needs to figure out down there and f- become the person he's gonna be down there. And that's it, man. I'm all float, so I'm not going anywhere. That's yeah, it. Neither for sure. Is the float place, you know. I, I definitely have had a lot of people um, that have come in and been a little bit. Oh wow, Hardy's not here. What you know? Where to go? But. Hardy's doing his Hardy thing. And everybody who truly knows Hardy is like, all right, well, that's yep. Hardy. And yeah, it doesn't sound off at all. You kind of, as soon as you say it, you just think, oh, well, the sky's blue. Yeah. <laughs> just, there it is. There's nothing obscure about, about him being there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I bust his chops all the time when I talk to him. I'm like, but you don't have a float tank down there. Like, what are you going to do? He's like, yeah, there's somebody talking about building one or making a place. And I'm like, better get a float tank, man. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't want to be out, you know, without one. That was one of the benefits of us being closed. For three months is I still have my float tank. I could go to either place and still float. So that's true. Did you float pretty consistently when it closed? Yeah, at least two or three times a week. Okay, nice. So I'm bad though with with whenever I'm in there, if I hear like the slightest noise, I'm like, what is that? Somebody in here? Like it like freaks me out. It takes me a second. Sure. So I would try to go in there with somebody else so that they can hang out and uh, while I floated. Nice. That's so, awesome, man. Yeah, but uh, it's been uh, it's been good, man. I. I in January, no February, I ordered a um, a neurothermal neurofeedback machine. Yeah, I want to talk about that. So yeah, so neurofeedback is pretty incredible. It is there are a lot. Of, there's a few different types of it. The type that I ordered is uh, the name of the system is neurothermal system, and it's dynamical neurofeedback. And what that means what is, is that, what is it called? The uh, neur- neurothermal. Neurothermal. N e u r o p t i m a l, and some neurofeedback processes work, um, they're practitioner-based primarily, where a practitioner is sitting next to you, they're monitoring your brain function, and then when they see whatever they're looking for, they kind of signal to, you, to your brain so that it can make adjustments. Yeah, that's what I'm familiar with. This system works a little bit differently in that it's not practic- practitioner-based at all. The sensors are hooked up, it goes through something called the Z-AMP, which is what actually... Com- um, 
converts your brain signals to the um, electrical signal that the software can understand. And what it does is it looks for shifts. So it'll monitor your brain function and look for um, large shifts. And when it sees them, it just triggers a little audio cue to let you know, hey, and it's almost like, it's almost like you're like training a puppy and you really gotta like get the puppy to walk and you have the leash on like, hey, like every second you kind of go like this with the leash a little yeah. bit. It's the same type of idea. Hmm. So it's all, like I said, it's all based on mass. So I really theoretically could hit start on the session. There's two sensors up here. Oh, sorry. Two sensors up here, two here and one here. So five sensors total. They just go on and monitor it. They don't make any changes. They just monitor your, your brain function um, through the software. Software plays, it plays nice soft music. Whenever it needs to let you know that a, a massive shift has happened, it just pauses the music. But it's a, a split second pause. You wouldn't even notice it consciously. It happens up to 254 times per second. So it's like a momentary, but your brain can pick up on it. So the idea is, it's just a constant one of these, like, hey, focus, hey, back here, back here. And it's, is it, so is it giving you that feedback when you diverge from a task, if you're like, focus, like let's say this conversation, mm -hmm. if, if your mind starts to wander of, okay, what do I have to do later on today? It kicks you, or what is it, what is the shift, do you know, that it's so looking it, for? So in that example, it's not the best example only because it needs to have the audio work. And so you can't have a conversation while you're doing it. Okay. But, so like theoretically, you could sit there and read a book while the session's going on. So you could sit there, have the headphones in, and you're sitting there reading a book. There's audio playing. Like it's nice soft music, you know. Um, and sitting there reading the book. And theoretically, if you start thinking about something that has nothing to do with the book, that's when it would, you know. But even while you're reading the book, you everybody has those momentary things where it's like you just think about whatever for a split second. It's... It looks for those kind of kinds of signals. It's really, it's an amazing system. And the reason why I went with that type of system is, um, I heard some stories from other people that were getting neurofeedback done, and then like for example, their practitioner was out for a while, so a different practitioner came in, and they were getting very different results from that practitioner. And it's like, mm. I don't want that. I don't want this to be. What if I'm in a bad mood? What if I'm the same practitioner, but now I had, you know, pancakes this morning instead of bacon, and now my diet my right. my chemistry's off and now i'm in a different mood or whatever or some guy just cut me off in front of the place and now i walked in and now i'm all testy or whatever what you know what have you um so there's there is a deviation in inner practitioner reliability not with with other systems yes not with this one this okay. is the only system that's not practitioner based at all and it's completely reliant on the software and it just it's like a mirror for your brain and it's like the idea of like everybody walks by not everybody but most people when they walk by a mirror they see their posture and they always do a little like, <clears throat> yeah, for like, sure. You know, and it's the same type of idea where it's like giving the information to your brain. It's like, hey, sh straighten out a little bit. Your brain naturally wants to find a place of comfort. It wants to find the easiest way, like anything else, like water, like, like anything wants to find the easiest path to things. Right. So if it could find the easiest path to comfort, that's the route it's going to take. So the more information you can give to your brain about finding that comfort and about what just happened, it'll get there easier. So now, are you, is, is this, beneficial like in a way of meditation so to speak like tr just trying to calm the brain or are you trying to use it because what i'm familiar with is using it in regards to concussions okay because i've had a few um so i've looked into a lot of things I, I i definitely am big with certain supplements and looking in nootropics um i spoke to someone else recently that was um, using neurofeedback for a concussion yeah and that's so that's where i first heard about it so what what is the let's let's take something clinical like concussions out of it and it just the everyday person with right. no underlying neurological issues wants to use it. What's the the purpose or the benefit behind it? So the the one difference is 
in that a lot of the other neurofeedback systems are technically medical devices. This is not a medical device, so they call it brain training. So the idea is just to pretty much give your brain the information that it needs to self-adjust to find the comfort spot. Um, I originally started looking into it because I have an eight-year-old son who was diagnosed with ADHD two years ago. Okay. He's not on any meds or anything like that, and there's nothing wrong with people that are on meds. I just am trying to give him all the tools that I can to live the easiest life that he can to get to get to a good place, you know? For sure. Um, so once I heard about neurofeedback, I started looking into it, just not even for him, but just for like, oh, what is neurofeedback? Like just trying to get some information about it. And I kept coming across neurofeedback and ADHD, neurofeedback and ADHD. Mm. So I'm like, all right, let me, let me look into this a little bit more. And that's when I stumbled on the neurooptimal system that I use now and discovered more that it was obviously just based on the software and not based on a practitioner. That's why I liked it. Um, the people that I've seen so far, I've seen a lot of the float staff members. I've started like, you know, giving them sessions a couple times a week. All of them have told me that they've seen a massive reduction in anxiety. Really? Which is awesome. And my favorite one, I, I can't name them by name, but they said that they had anxiety, but they didn't really realize how bad that it was. And now that they're in a public environment and they're just sitting there comfortable in their own shoes and comfortable in a conversation, it's like they, they, they're realizing it more and more, huh. which is awesome. It really is cool. And especially the, you know, what's better than just being comfortable in your own shoes? Right. You, you know what I mean? That's interesting. That's yeah. really interesting. And especially if they didn't really know that it was such an issue or, you know, an issue at all. And now they're seeing that a massive change in it. Like we weren't looking for it. We weren't targeting it. They weren't even targeting it themselves. And it just, it's a benefit that's been realized from it. She said she hasn't changed anything else about her life and still doing the same thing. Actually, the one thing that they did say is that um, she stopped taking uh, pure care CBD oil because her anxiety went down. And I'm like, okay. well, that's, that's kind of good news. Yeah. I'm like, dude, you shouldn't stop though. You still continue <laughs> to take it a little bit, you know? Yeah, there's other things it's good for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. Um, that, that's interesting. Wow. Okay, yeah, it's, so it's really cool, man. Some less anxiety, huh? Yeah, and oh. it's now it's one of those things that you can't say to anybody like it will help this or it will help this right, or whatever. Might. But yeah, the the what I can talk about is stuff that I've heard back from clients that have done it, and that that's the single biggest one is is just a. And I sp was speaking to somebody else about this today. Um, it's just that reduction in anxiety and just being comfortable in your own your own self. Now, are you able to track each session so you can monitor the progress? So it's interesting. They give you they give us tracking tools. So like before somebody's first session, they'll have them fill out like you know just a, a very open ended questionnaire, and then after ten sessions, have them fill out essentially the same one. And then kind of compare them side by side and just see what kind of benefits they've noticed. Um, during the session, you can see brain function, like it's presented on the screen in megahertz. You could see essentially the brain function in, in bar graphs. And it's so interesting, interesting to see how it looks in the beginning of a session versus the end of a session. Because towards the end of the session, it's always like it's so picture like a, it's hard to explain, but bar graphs that kind of go like this with each eye for the left side of the brain and the right side of the brain. Yeah, yep. So they're kind of going like this, like yep. the whole time. And towards the end, they're more like just... Symmetrical. Yeah, way less movement, way less swings. Interesting. Yeah, so... So is that the, the I, shift it's picking up? So more kind of broad speaking, left hem, you know, left brain, right brain? Shift? Yep, that's exactly what it is, left brain and right brain. That's exactly why they, they have it on there because there's just one here, one here. So it's... I would love to... It's, now it's I'm geeking cool, out. Like it's I would really love to cool. look at research on someone using that who... so. There's a, so if people know that there's, you know, we all hear there's two sides of the brain, right? The right brain, the left brain, and one controls the opposite side of the body, right? Right controls left, left controls right. Um, there are certain conditions where people have to have this piece of their anatomy called the corpus callosum. It's the piece that attaches both 
hemispheres of the brain together. Okay. So information can travel. They have that cut, but the brain can still con- uh, communicate. I would love to see a study with having people use something like neurofeedback. I'm, I'm sure it's done. I'm sure I'm going to go home and, That's fascinating. Know, and look at some uh, um, journals and see if I could find something just, just to see what what happens. Right. Know, what, what does the neurofeedback show? What does it allow? Do things improve? Um, uh, you know, I'm way out of my scope of, of understanding as far as the neurology behind or, or the... Um, the disease behind why that surgery occurs. I've just right. know, some of my uh, so osteopathic qu- teachers have talked about it. A couple questions on that. So, <clears throat> is the brain is that piece that piece actually that connects one side of the brain to the other one? So, prior to going into the surgery to have a cut, does that brain does that piece serve a function? Like, is it working before they go into it? Do you know as what I mean? Far like, as far as I so as, as far as, as like the road, I, guess I, you, I you know? understand. And again, I'm. I'm Treading waters here because I'm, I'm very <laughs> my information my knowledge here is v- I mean shallow is is an overstatement. Um, as far as I know, it does transfer information. Okay, and I wonder um, how long afterwards it takes before it starts transferring information. Like, is there a gap where it's like the brain has to relearn how to like? Yes. All right, that road is closed. Let's take this road now. You, you as, know what I mean? Yes, I believe so. I believe there is uh, sort of an adaption time. Okay, S- similar to um, you know even just breaking a leg for example there's an adaption time for that to heal get out of the cast and walk properly right um the body will need time to rebuild certain connections um but yeah my if there's one thing i lack with anatomy specifically it's neurology that's one hmm. thing i i'm really subpar with so i, right. need, I need to brush up more and and <laughs> just learn more um so with the with the neurooptimal system, they offer um, you know training programs through through the company that that manufactures it. And I took the basic level one certification, which is in all honesty, you really don't even need that to administer sessions. But I just took it just so I'm more informed on the system and how it works and how to read the graphs and you know just so I know about it, I can feel comfortable talking about it. Um, but one of the things that I learned on it, or one of the takeaways I should say, was everybody's brain is different. For sure. Everybody's brain is different every day. What happens for me at 60 megahertz might be very different than what happens for you at 60 megahertz. So learning that and, and kind of looking at other neuro, neurofeedback systems, I'm not knocking them. I just don't understand how someone can be like, oh, well, this happened at 44 megahertz for you. This means you have anxiety. Let me reduce this. Let me do that. And it's like, how do you know? You mm. don't, And I'm not knocking them. There might be a science to it that I don't really understand. But from when I walked away from the... From like the ba- the certification class, I just was like, I don't, I'm gonna let the software do it because I don't, I don't want to sit there and be like, oh well, this is your anxiety, you know, power level, you know, yeah. megahertz level. Interesting. So yeah, it's just very, I don't know. It's it's I prefer like I said, it's the software is based on math and math is usually based on logic. So it's like, all right, right. So I'll go with that one. I'm a logic based guy, so I'm I'm good with that. Right. Know? Yeah. Um, no, my wheels are turning now. It'll also be interesting to see. Um, people with Parkinson's doing, or, or I should say, early stage Parkinson's mm. doing that because that's again that that's neurological. It's affecting the dopamine centers in the brain. Right, right, right. Now, part of that could be just atrophy, but mm. I again, it would be interesting just to see if there are any studies that have been done um, using something either neurofeedback or something like neurofeedback with those type of pa- types of patients. Right. Um, so, and again, concussions as well. That that's how I got. I mean, I'm big 
with understanding concussions mm-hmm. more so than most other neurological issues, just because that's the one that has affected me. Um, you know, and speaking even of, of ADHD with, with your son, it was funny. I was, I was talking to my grandma a few months ago and I, I've asked my parents before if they had me tested when I was a kid. My mom told me they, they did when I was in like maybe kindergarten or first grade. Okay. And then uh, my grandma was telling me what actually happened was oh, no. they took me to the, I, I believe, psychologist to be tested. And the psychologist knew my grandma and was just like, no, Anthony's fine. He doesn't need to be here. And just sent me home. They never even <laughs> tested me. <laughs> According to all those stories I've heard and when I've so, met him, he's everything's yeah. fine. So I don't know. He's just I six. Mean, he's a six-year-old yeah. kid. But does he, do you have him playing a lot of sports? So that is one thing that I started doing with him that I noticed a significant improvement in um, is when we do physical activity. Yeah. Um, and it's unfortunate because I, I have limited time with him. I only partial custody, so I have a few days a week. Um, but those few days I try, it was easier before COVID stuff. It stinks now because we used to go ice skating all the time. He played ice hockey and both of those were like not, not happening. They actually just started again with ice hockey stuff, but um, that was a big adjustment for us. But the phys- physical activity for him is huge. Yeah. Um, I remember last year, or not last year, a couple months ago, he having Friday night into Saturday, and Friday night he's being, he's being a little scutch, you know? He just was being a real pain in the neck. And I'm like, all right, you're going to bed now, and tomorrow morning I'm waking up bright and early, and we're going for a day of exercise. And we went to, dude, I put him through the ringer. <laughs> we went to the local track at the high school, and he did 12 or 16 laps around the track on his bike. And then we went to Cold Spring Harbor and did a whole hike. We went to like three parts of it and then back, so it was a good, good amount of hiking. And then went to the float place in Deer Park and spent 45 minutes in the infrared sauna. Okay. So, I didn't know you guys had one in there. Yeah, we actually installed one in Patchogue too. Oh, nice, nice. Um, and by the time he got done, he's like, Dad, I'm wiped. He's like, I feel I feel good though. And he yeah. was noticeably different afterwards. And I honestly believe that if we had some something like that almost every day or, or you know, at least five, four or five days a week, we would see a big improvement in him. Yeah. You know? I mean, he don't get me wrong. Just him growing up and... and just maturing, he's, he's definitely improved big time. And actually, to be honest, he goes to school in Comac. The um, the changes that they made in his school have made has helped him a lot as well because now he's not anywhere next to his kids. He's not talking to other people. He's got like a little plexiglass thing around his desk so he can't like interact with other people. And like it's helping him focus because he's got nothing else going on. He's got to focus. Right, you right. Know? So that's actually helped him a little bit. But one thing – so. With the neurofeedback machine, um, when people are having sessions done, they can either sit there and listen to music, they can sit there and read a book, they can fall asleep, they can meditate, do essentially whatever they want. The system also has a way where you can actually watch a movie. And it may sound weird, but you can hook the movie, you have to have the movie on like a, um, like a storage drive, you know, like an external hard drive. Okay. But you can put it through the software, so the software is still working the same. They're sitting there with the screen in front of them. They actually would be watching the movie. The audio would be here in their headphones. And the same thing, when they started drifting, it would cute. Huh. The same exact thing would work. So for my son, I, I, at first, he was like, yeah, the music is nice, but like it's kind of boring, Dad. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what if we could watch The Incredibles? And he's like, uh, yeah, of course I'll do that. So I downloaded, you know, I got all like movies and everything and, and have it for him. So it's all downloaded onto a hard drive and, you know. He watches the movie now. However, one thing I noticed, and you'll find this interesting, is when I look at his brain function when he is reading a book versus sitting there quietly just listening to music versus watching a movie, they're all very different. 
and reading the book, to be honest, for him, reading the book is when he's quietest, when his brain is the most calm and it's the less movement. When he's like watching a movie, it's like he might as well just be like running down the street. You know what I mean? Oh. His brain is like really working, you know? I wonder if that's because of the stimulation from the movie, because the, the visuals, yep. the audio, the excitement, especially if it's it's more of like a, some sort of superhero movie. It's, yeah. it's, it's exciting. It should be, yeah. And it's, create, it's going to create more of this... Um, endocrine response in the body as opposed to when you're sitting there in order to just focus on the book you already have to be a bit calmer yes. and then to not just read but to grasp what you're reading to pay attention and, and especially if it's fiction to create this movie within your mind yeah to it's much more active it. right because a movie it it's exciting it has all the stimulus but at the end of the day it's it's passive well, except for some of those, I know Black Mirror, they had a movie that was active on Netflix. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, it's very passive. You're just sitting there letting everything come in. But in a, with a book, and I think this comes to why, even though I, I hate when people say it, and I hate when I say it, <laughs> this is why most people will say the book is better than the movie. Yeah. 90% of the time, most things, because you're actively participating in the creation of this movie in your mind. Right. So I wonder if that is why he's in a sense, calmer because left and right, logic and artistic, you're trying to read, comprehend, but at the same time, paint this artistic picture in your mind. I'd just be interesting. Like, is that why yeah. it causes this, this symmetry between between both hemispheres? I found it super, super fascinating. And even like, I would do it over like, you know, and here's the thing, like since everybody's brain is different and everybody's diff brain is different every day, if I didn't do them almost like, all right, 10 minutes of reading and then 10 minutes of a movie and then 10 minutes, of, like if I did them over separate days, it was like, you might as well just throw the data away because like who knows, you know what I mean? His brain might've just been like that anyway because of what he did earlier in the day. Right, that's You know what true. I mean? Um, but so I reached out to the, to the company and asked them about it. And first of all, they, I was very surprised about it. They were like, yeah, we haven't really heard about anybody doing this before. Like, it's pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. let, like, let us know. And I'm like, really? Like, this is like the first thing I thought to do. Like, right. you know? Um, so I was a little bit surprised surprised by that, you know. Um, yeah, I mean they, they're just making the product, right? They're not really going out for the the case studies. Most companies aren't aren't yeah. doing that, unfortunately. Yeah, well, I think that the the person who created it was a he was a psychotherapist who was using a different type of neurofeedback machine, and then developed this one, and then started selling it, and that became his primary primary concern. So that's kind of where he focuses. Interesting. Uh, now, are you doing the sessions out of the flow place? So initially, it wasn't going to be. It was going to be its own totally separate thing. Um, now, because it looks like things are going to change at the flow place a little bit, I'm going to probably start adding it there. Okay, awesome. So, at both locations or just one for now? For right now, it's only in Deer Park. Um, or it's only going to be in Deer Park, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but possibly in Patchogue, too. But I'm also doing, like, you know, at-home sessions if people want me to. I can... If, if they're coupled with somebody else coming into their home, I could do that. Yeah. You'd be, I mean, I don't, I don't, you tell me actually, have you noticed a lot of people looking for that right now? Yes. Cause that's for me we, with my work, dude, I stopped taking on clients. That's I, great, just, dude. I'm I so mean, happy to hear that it, for real. Thank you. It, it's been, um, I didn't expect it, you know, like uh, people want a stranger coming in their home in the middle of a pandemic, but the, the the amount of people reaching out of I again back to what we we're talking about earlier afraid to go to a facility yeah um, yep, yep. and then having me come some families you know yeah wear a mask if I'm if I'm working you know on their body have gloves if they whatever they want to feel comfortable I'll do yeah. if they're cool and ah, you don't you, you 
telling me they don't need me to wear a mask and whatever, whatever works for them. But I was a little bit surprised and then it made sense afterwards. Right. So it's, it's good to hear that other people like yourself are having that sort of success and kind of changing that, that mod. It's interesting though, right? Like I'm 20, I'm going to be 28. Yeah. I'm going to be 28 <laughs> next month. It's funny how that happens, right? Um, As you get older. And I remember, I remember being a kid We're we're going to go shopping. Right. You went to a store. If the store didn't have what you needed, you didn't get what you needed. And now everything's Amazon one click. Yeah. Up to your groceries. You never have to leave your home. And people are even more so like that because now services. We actually saw um you know the restaurant Benny Hanna? Yeah. They're doing at home hibachi. Hibachi, right? Yeah. At, I saw that. Going to people's homes. I saw that recently. So like even now everything is being being uh, being brought to the comfort of your own home. It, yeah. On one hand, it's cool because you can have all these experiences within the comfort of your home. But on the other hand, it's it, it's like a weird progressing evolution of the the disconnection of humans. Right. It's just I don't know. It's odd. Yeah. Right? Like I'm I am definitely not a a social person in comparison to like my wife knows this better than anyone <laughs> if the, the beginning of the sentence sentence is do you want to go immediately the answer is no, no, no. right i like i love that we have our do we, own do we space. have to do we have to go i don't the reason we pay to live in this place is so we can make it our own and not have to go places right however i do i love talking to people i mean that's why amanda and i do this podcast that's why we want to have more guests like it it's awesome to talk to people right um right, right right whether it's people you know or people you're just gonna meet and and have an interesting conversation it's it's weird to see that happening or to have the opportunities for those conversations to come up less right it's just it's something i've been thinking about more and more recently um which i'm sure a lot of people have been thinking about things like that or similar to that um it's so maybe. interesting to like to having people come into your home thing because i in a lot of ways, it does make sense because it's like, look, logically speaking, if you have to go to a, if you're going to go out somewhere to go to a gym and go see a trainer or whatever it is, like, you're going to interact with people, and it's not right. person, it's people. It's more than, it's immediately more than one. So right. if you're only having one person coming in your your home to train you, then right away numerically you're safer. Like if it's just the one person that's going to come in there rather than interacting with a whole bunch of other people and other possibilities, it's it's safer. You know what I mean? Especially if you're doing it under a controlled circumstances where you're like, all right, what are you comfortable with? What do you want to do? Like, great, that's what we're doing. Like, what's what could be better than that? You know? Yeah. But it has been, uh, it's been interesting, especially in, like on social media, like watching people like from where they were in March, to, like where they are now. I'm like, man, it's it's been a it's been a tough six months for you, huh? Yeah. Like, that, and not say it hasn't been for me because it totally has been for me. I've been trying to keep my mouth shut on social media just so I don't show my downfall. Yeah, keep, that's it, keep it hidden. Amanda and I have <laughs> talked about a lot because she's very. Um, prominent on social media. She has a big following and she crushes it on there. I just Great. never had an interest in it. Even I remember when Facebook first came out, I didn't have one. I think the first time I made one was for a, uh, it wasn't mine. It was a my paintball team at the time. We were traveling and we used it as a way to a group chat, right? Because right. we didn't have group chat. We didn't have an iPhone back then. <laughs> um, and then it went to use it for a hockey team to post a schedule and it was it was never used though and now i now i don't even know how facebook's used dude and all honestly uh, if i if i didn't have to in my opinion i have to have facebook for for my businesses but if i didn't have to have it for that i 
I would think that I would, or hope anyway, that I would, I would dump it, not yeah. use it anymore, you know? Yeah. Because it's, I'll consciously be like, all right, I don't want to go on, or I don't want to check out whatever, and then like, there even an hour later, it's like an asshole, just like scrolling, and it's like, what are you looking for? There's yeah. nothing there, like, especially like, I'm, I'm happy as hell, I have a great, a great girl, I have a great situation at home, like, everything's awesome, like, what, what are you looking for? Right. You know what I mean? And it's not that I am looking for anything, but it's just, I don't, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's a part of human humans nowadays i, yeah. I guess you know? and that was the thing i brought so like and I, I don't think do you have a twitter i've never had a twitter um yeah there's i have a twitter for the flow place at the flow place yeah <laughs> um but i don't you know i usually go on there and say, honestly you know what twitter is great for news you want to find some news which something is fast, crazy that's that that's your... the news source yeah because and it as is... far as as far as when it happens though like yeah, you'll like hear about it first yeah, yeah you'll definitely hear about it first on twitter because there's somebody who's there and can't wait to tell you about it and the fastest way is twitter yeah but the, the only one I've really spent, I had a personal one for a minute, and then it was all just business, was Instagram. Mm-hmm. But even that, I was, I was always, I, sh- I just felt weird posting on it. I felt, I never felt authentic. And right. that, that's, I'm sure, that's more so to do with myself than social media as a whole. Mm. Um, I, I just felt if I wasn't in front of a person, I was just posting a picture, and I'm like, I know I purposely picked that picture. I know that's the best one that was taken. I like right. you know it's not the I, I ascribe it to like being on a date when you're the first date's not real. It's an interview. You you you're hiding your baggage, I'm hiding my baggage. We're just bringing our best selves to try to impress each other. Yeah. And then like however many dates or weeks of being together then the bullshit starts to come you just out slowly you really, start picking things out of the bag and putting yeah, them on the table really hey i had this who each other you know what what we're like yeah and it seems like on instagram you're just on constantly on first dates you never get to really see what who someone really is and yeah. I, I always felt weird so once the pandemic hit i kind of use it as an excuse to not post and then to just delete the app off my phone ah, there it and is good move the funny thing is like, you know how every, you have an iPhone, right? Or no, you don't. Samsung. Does it give you the update at the end of the week how much time you spent, how much screen time? I think I turned that off. <laughs> so it would tell me like, and I would look at, at it because I'd be interested with, you know, if I'm on my phone for five hours this week, what was I doing throughout the week? Which maybe that's not that much, five hours. I don't know. Seven days in a week, so less than that's an hour phenomenal. a day. But I would see like 40 minutes here, Instagram, for, you know, an hour this day, Instagram. Like, what if I don't have that? Right. Now between, you know, working with clients, doing this podcast, um, be on, you know, being back in grad school, doing my osteopathic fellowships, they, I don't have social media and I cannot, I can barely fit what I'm doing. Right. In my, like, how did I manage to spend 40 minutes, an hour, an hour and a half scrolling through probably nothing but tits and ass on Instagram, if being honest, I wasn't being productive on there. No. What, it's, it's, it's just... I, I don't find it appealing. I don't find it. It's almost like lost time. And it's like when you got done, if somebody's like, hey, so you were just on your phone for 40 minutes, like right away. Like you were just on your phone for 40 minutes, Anthony. So what were you doing? And you'd be like, uh, nothing. Zero. I got zero. I, like, literally, I couldn't, re- I could not tell you one thing that I remember seeing. You know, or one thing that was going to, you know, every, I will say this. I, I was able to make um, some connections with some people who I could talk to who were mm-hmm. very smart. I brought nootropics earlier. Oh, nice. uh, a guy, I've, I've brought him up on this podcast before, probably more than once. His name is uh, William Wallace. I always say he should have been an author. Like, he should be writing fiction with a name like that. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, his Instagram is, uh, I think it's Will the Wallace. 
brilliant PhD student. Ma. Yeah, I, maybe by now he has his PhD. I don't even, I haven't reached out to him in a while, but brilliant when it comes to anything supplements. He works for a company to formulate supplements. Oh, nice. I mean, just, just brilliant. So it's awesome to make, you know, you're not going to find out about a person like that without social media. So there right. is a, there is a plus, but I'm always weighing like, from the time I'm wasting on there, cause I know myself again, not all my time is going to be looking for people like Will. Yeah. Right. It's going to be, or, looking or you, at, it is when you first start out, but it doesn't stick it, like that exactly. for long. <laughs> the first five minutes are, I read yeah. a couple of his stuff. Oh, I'll save that one for later. Let me look up that. And then. 45 minutes later, it's, what the fuck? I'm down this rabbit hole on this celebrity yeah, who I, I don't even here? care about. How did I get here? I don't even know this person. It's it's bizarre. And, and I mean, you know, we talk about neurofeedback. Talk about your your mind jumping around. Yeah. It, have you have you done it to yourself? Just looked through social media while you were on it? I haven't. That's a good... Uh, that would be wicked to see what's going on there. <laughs> <laughs> There's no concentration happening no. at all. <laughs> Especially, like, with, with TikTok, like... There's never been a more perfect app for somebody with ADHD than TikTok. It's like, I'm wait, so glad I'm not like it's, 15. Listen, it's I first talked to uh, talked about it like two years ago, probably about two years ago, nah, maybe a year and a half ago, and I was like, wow, TikTok's gonna like a pretty big thing, but like it's weird. Like I don't want to like get sucked in. Like it seems like you could really easily, and then now whenever I look at it, like I'd say probably half the people on there that I see are middle-aged people that are doing like dances to like, you know, that this, if you scroll, you'll see like a 10-year-old doing the same dance. So it's like, yeah. it's very, very interesting, it. but it's so fast. Like it's not, it's just clip after clip after clip. It almost reminds you of like America's Funniest Home Videos when they used to just play the clips and like just over and over again, yeah. like new clip, new clip. Just, There's no start or end. You don't, you don't know where up or down is. That's it. I, I didn't, it, yeah. I, again, I know this, this makes me sound like I'm turning 58, not 28, but I do not get it. It's just you're doing a simple, stupid dance to a shitty song. I, I don't get it. Yeah. And when I first saw it, I'm, my mind is, even now, I still believe this. It's I I believe it's going to be like Vine. It's going right. to be cool for a minute, and then the next thing. We'll take it over right? and wipe what, it out. Essentially, I mean. Instagram wiped out Vine, right? Say, essentially, yeah. Vine they, they kinda, changed it. it. started, and then Instagram gave you more than seven seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they kind of, I, I don't know about Snapchat, but they kind of wiped that out with their stories and yeah. now are trying to do the same thing with re, with the, the Real, reels right? yeah. um, for TikTok. But I don't think it's working because it seems like now the younger kids, you know, like 12, which uh, why does a 12-year-old have a smartphone? Yeah, with with social media. But, but <laughs> the 12-year-old. They have it to play, you know, Minecraft, but they shouldn't have it to play on TikTok. It's bizarre. <laughs> But a 12-year-old looks at someone with Instagram the way I look at someone with Facebook. I'm like, you're Facebook. I know you're close to be either close to being or are a grandparent. Right. If you have Facebook and, and you're actively using it. Yeah. Um, yep, unless yep. you're a business. <laughs> if you're an individual, probably in that age bracket. Yeah. Whereas now they're looking at people who use Instagram. Uh, you're old. I guess it's just the, I don't know, maybe it's just a numbers thing where people just, there's just so many people that are on it, so many people so many people putting videos out and so many people just looking for that dopamine boost they get when it's like, oh, wow, I got 300 likes or I got eight, you know, whatever it is or views or however they count on TikTok. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's very... But it started weird, right? Because Facebook, Twitter, when they first came out, it was like, you remember you, if on, I remember on Facebook anyway, you would write like, it would say your name and say Anthony is, and you were supposed oh, to yeah, write like what I you were doing. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Like Anthony is 
going I out to, to dinner awesome. with so-and-so. I used to think so. it was so funny. Like, yeah, Tom like, is awesome. <laughs> it was weird, right? It, yeah, like it, yeah. There was no purpose to it yet, and then it kind of snowballed into this kind of behemoth that it is now, and then same thing with Twitter. I don't really remember Instagram in the beginning. Mm, I don't either, really. And I, Honestly, I, do, I think that's the one that kind of hasn't changed that much as far as what it does. Mm-hmm. Other than adding new stuff, it was originally just like a filter, wasn't it? Wasn't it just like a filter you could just apply to pictures and it made them look old? That's why it looked like an, a telegram, or I think it was. What, I think that's where they got it from. I could be totally talking out of my yeah, ass. I just here. don't remember. But I remember and initially it was like just a filter, like oh, would you take that with Instagram because it looked like an old time picture, like the edges are rounded and it had like you know black huh. and white features to them. I you know what? I think I can't. Now that you're saying that, it so- sounds familiar. And now look at it. It's, um, it's the, you know, yeah. it's monster. But, but it's crazy. When you see now TikTok, it's like, it's it's quick. It happened quick. So there's going to be a new thing right. where it's first edition is clunky, right? Because tick from what I, I don't have it, I haven't used it, but from what I see or have heard, TikTok's not clunky. It's, it's, it's yeah. They're growing. So, Chinese, I'm, man. I'm <laughs> Got their ass figured out, bro. I'm thinking where my mind goes is there's going to be eventually with the iPhone or something else this integration of like VR or mm-hmm. AR, like the augmented reality. That's, where there's yeah. That social media that's clunky at first, but then what does the TikTok of that right. look like? That's going to be fucking bizarre i really hope i'm dead by then yeah <laughs> not with the way technology that. goes man talking like next time i'm on the podcast we'll have <laughs> you know <laughs> next month <laughs> yeah it's it's crazy how fast technology just moves and it makes sense like everything just builds on each other and it gets faster and faster and just you know perpetually just keeps going it's it's really cool but it's also really scary because it's like everybody's talking to each other everybody can can either call you an asshole or say you're awesome like everybody in the world like you really want that like i don't that's that's weird i don't know and it's it's interesting because people everybody wants to be like an online star well, not everybody but you know a lot of people want to be like an online you know but they feel their worth is directly attributed to the amount of followers or likes or that's the determination interaction they have on social media which is uh, and i use this word in the most literal sense it's retarded. It's slowing down progress, right? That's what yeah. that word means, to slow down the progress. Yep. And in that sense, to base your worth on a like or amount of likes or interaction on a, a picture, it is retarded. And the person is a stranger. The majority of the people that I have are on my Instagram uh, page, like the Flow Plays, or even my own personal page, like, I don't know a lot of these people. I mean, my personal page, I actually do know most of the people on there, I think, anyway. Um, but a lot of ones, I don't. I don't know who these people are. So it's like, I'm going to feel better about myself because John Smith approved my picture. Like, I kind of do, which is the weird part. Like, you, right, you up, get that like, dopamine hit. Yeah, and it's like, I guess I took a good picture. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can't, you know, it's it's weird. Right. But, but I, I try not to let it determine my worth just because it's, I see some of the, what helps is I see some of the other bullshit that other people put forward that gets, you know, 150,000 likes. And I'm like, that? I took a better picture than it yesterday. Oh, yeah. but I'm not whoever. You yeah, know? well, you see that. I mean, in in this industry of, of fitness, um, I was talking about this uh, yesterday with with someone. A lot of these fitness influencers are a guy or, or or girl, but especially especially the women who are doing it. They're they're not a fitness profession. They don't. They're not a trainer. They're not a coach. They're a model. Right. They look good in exercise. They look good working out. Yep. Most of them might have 
I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that they have some idea on how to train or coach someone, maybe, but not well. Right. The amount of effort, the amount of time it takes to forget about the the programming and the the periodization of like structuring structuring long term exercise programs and how to do certain exercises for certain results and s- certain movements for certain muscle and forget all that. The psychology of being a coach, the time it takes to be a good to take, let's say, an athlete to take a a. I'm familiar with hockey. That's the one I spent the most time with. But to take a young hockey player and prepare that hockey player to go off and play major juniors or Division One college hockey, the amount of effort you have to put in, not just in the strength in the strength room with weightlifting, but in conversations, how to steer those conversations, yeah. how to change your motivation, right? how to identify the archetype of this person. Is this person more of a class clown type of person? Is this person more type A? And then each day, that's going to vary slightly. How do you vary your coaching style every single day to meet with that person needs? Right. It, it is exhausting. You know, you tell someone, if oh, you, you care, you, if you coach care, it's exhausting. for seven, eight hours, people think that's a normal job. You know, you gave all of your mental energy for seven. It is, I, on one hand, that it's something I miss, but I actually am a little more relieved that I don't. I'm not in that setting mm. because of how it truly exhausting it is to work at that. And I will be the first to admit I wasn't good because I was young. I was just out of college. So I was probably really shitty at it when I was first doing it. But I was constantly trying to get better. Right. And it it's not easy. And most of those trainers, quote unquote, that you see on Instagram sticking their asses out or whatever they're doing – how many of them actually know what they're doing, right? And that's why I like doing this podcast with Amanda when she's here because she knows, she, she's been through the ringer and she knows what she's doing. She knows what she's talking about, right? right? And, and I think what separates her and I, I have more of the academic background, so I know more of the, I guess you would say like the, the scientific terms, whatever. I know more than the jargon in the field. But that doesn't matter. The client doesn't give a shit if right. I know the fancy names of something or if you know the generic name. It's can you get results? And that's why it works with because she's a great trainer and she could kill it on social media, which that's rare. Yeah, right? for sure. And, and some like I can't do social media. I, just, I can't do it. I applaud people like her who can. I have to only do the training. I have to, That's my lane. I have to stay in. It's only working with the human body. Right. So the, the social media thing is just... I agree. It's, it's uh, bonkers. It, it is really... You know, I, I I see it a lot. It's it's kind of the same thing, but not the same thing with people that are entrepreneurs, quote unquote mm-hmm. entrepreneurs. It's like really, what? Mm-hmm. Listen, man, I consider I technically own like six corporations. I think <laughs> I well, I can call myself an entrepreneur. I think I'm comfortable enough in that yeah. thing where I can say that. You know, but I think that there are a lot of people that are not truly entrepreneurs. I think they want to be, and I think they have the entrepreneurial spirit, and that's great. But like a lot of times, they're giving out bad information. Like it's like don't 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 do that. Don't do that. You know what I mean? Like, I almost want to like. Jump in the comments and be like, "Don't listen to this person." But I want—I don't want to be that person. Like, "Oh, listen to me," because I don't I'm not usually saying anything. So, um, but it's kind of the same thing where it's like, are, "Are you really a true entrepreneur that's been through everything and, and has gone through this process and set up different things and, and interacted with different government agencies or whatever you need to to get your things done?" You know, it's a—it's a—it's a long road and it's not one that should be taken lightly. Yeah. Um, and the same thing if you have somebody who's 
training or saying they were a trainer and it's like, oh, do your squats like this. And it's like, yo, man, you were going to break somebody's back. Like you literally get a, like, it's, uh, it's, it's, I guess you could say it's irresponsible, but I, it's, is it, is it irresponsibility or is it just people being naive and not understanding the power that they actually truly have? Like, listen, you got 40,000 followers and you put up a video and it's you doing something you're doing it the wrong way like you can get a lot of people hurt and then that could who knows what that could impact you know what i mean somebody does something the wrong way and they hurt their back now they're out of work for two weeks and they support a family and then it's like this you know the domino effect um which has one been one interesting part of covid um because things shutting down and like people losing gigs and like the domino effects on that it's like a similar similar thing you know it's uh yeah i could i could understand being very frustrating being an educated person like yourself and like seeing people put up things that shouldn't you know, yeah it, kind of talking out of talking out of their lane you know going out of their lane it's crazy but uh you know it's the world we live in so it, it's the one good thing is if you're competent at what you do mm-hmm. and you display that um and you are constantly trying to get better at it not just posting on social media about your attempts to get better just shutting up and actually getting better yeah it shows and you ultimately end up the one reaping the benefits from it yeah yeah and i think that's even more true if you're showing the progress too if you're showing the showing the evolution of it you know and that's one of the things i love about like gary vaynerchuk is he talks about like show the process don't show hey i'm gonna open up a float center hey here's my float center come and float tomorrow no hey i'm gonna open open up a float center hey here's my part of my business plan hey here's my first draft of this hey here's this hey here's this and all steps until you open up not only will you gain more followers and more people interested in your business or whatever you're doing but it also gives you a lot more credibility people like honesty above everything else i've had a lot of people call me about neurofeedback and asking me questions the, the honestly the best answers i give are sometimes i don't know i'm gonna have to find that out it's a really good question but like I, honestly i don't know nobody's ever asked me that or if i say like listen i'm I'm not really qualified to answer that. Like I, yeah, I, I would tell you to ask a doctor about that. Like, and they appreciate like me saying like, I don't know, or, or I'm working on it or whatever it is. Like the honesty sells better than anything else. And if you're honest with people, you don't have to worry about what you told them because you know that you told them the truth. So you don't have to work on remembering whatever, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, um, no doubt. No yeah. Doubt, it's, man. it's, uh, Yeah. <laughs> Oh, those are some wise words to end on. Um, oh, all right, let's, cool. Uh, yeah, let's wrap this up. What? Uh, yeah, we so, where can people um, <laughs> get your stuff? The the we got the float place, we have the CBD, and we have the neurofeedback. Yes, yeah. So, uh, thefloatplace.com. If you guys want to check out floating, we have a location in Deer Park and in Patchogue. Uh, at both locations, we offer flotation therapy, sensory deprivation, and also we have an infrared sauna at both spots. So, what happened was we ended up putting one in Patchogue because over uh, COVID, while we were closed. One of our tanks sprung a leak, got salt water everywhere, and you know each tank has about a thousand pounds of Epsom salt in it. Mm-hmm. Epsom salt isn't free; it's certainly not cheap. You know what I mean? Um, so rather than going through the cost of refilling the tank, fixing the repair, filling the tank back up, and hoping to fill five float tanks, I opted to leave it empty and I put an infrared sauna in where one of the rooms was. So now instead of having five float rooms, I have four float rooms and one infrared sauna. The smart pivot. Thanks, man. So people are starting to uh, do both of them, tandem, you know, doing them in tandem, like sensory um, sauna first and then floating. Some people doing just the sauna by itself. And it's been good already and our, the weather's been beautiful. So as it gets colder out, I think even more people will come in. That's awesome. So 
Um, as far as pure uh, CBD oil, you can check us out at uh, purecurecbdoil.com. And we ship nationwide, ship next day, so you have it almost immediately. And neurofeedback, uh, you can check, check us out at neuroonegroup.com, N-E-U-R-O-O-N-E group.com. And, uh, yeah, we do offer sessions in home. We have an office in Smithtown, too, that we offer them out of. Um, so it's either in home or in one of our offices. Or if you have questions, if you just want some clarification, reach out. You can hit me up at thefloatplace at gmail.com. goes right to me if anybody awesome. wants to email me about anything. If you just want to talk shop and whatever. Tell me what a dope I sounded like on here. Totally okay, too. Just reach out, say hello. That's great. <laughs> All right. So check out everything that Tom has. Um, for the podcast, please remember, uh, rate, review, refer to people. That helps us a lot. Uh, Amanda and I are still working on the conditioning program. Uh, for anyone who rates and reviews and sends us an email at ifyousaysocast at gmail.com. Uh, like we just talked about, I do not have social media, but you can follow Amanda <laughs> at Amanda Arigo, uh, A-M-A-N-D-A-A-R-R-I-G-O. I hope I spelled that right. I think I did. Uh, until next time. Dude, thanks for having me, man. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, man.